calling, love, experience, joy, joy faith, passion, experience. Oh, it's, it's time, time to, to take, take the, the jump, jump and, and go, go all in. in. It's time to go all in and discover your purpose. It's time to go all in and follow the call God has placed upon your life. It's time to go all in on the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. It's time to go all in and invite others to join and experience God in His undying love. So, so what's, what's stopping, stopping you? you? Go, go all, all in. My name is Lauren Reed. I'm the Gateway Kids pastor here. So usually on a Sunday morning, I'm chatting with people about half your height, but uh, I get to come and hang out with you guys today. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. So I hope you guys are beginning, enjoying the beginning of your fall. You've got your kids back at school, some of you, so that can be kind of nice. Uh, I personally thought I was going to be depressed when fall came because it would just be a glaring reminder of the summer that we were robbed of with all the rain. But turns out I'm actually really excited about it. I saw the leaves turning and I was like, oh, they're cold. And you know, there's all the lattes and you can wear scarves again. And it's just, I mean, candles, like it's a lot of great stuff. So I hope you're as excited for fall as I am. Um, but speaking of fall, um, we've got fall kickoff next week. Um, so that means that this Sunday is the very last uh, Sunday in our uh, message series All In that we've been doing this summer. I can't say it's this summer anymore because it's not summer, but you know, it's the last summer message. Um, and if you haven't been here or this is your first time here, uh, we've been talking about, our series All In has been all about um, the ways that God calls us and invites us to just dive deep with him and see how he, uh, us participating with him, our lives can be transformed, the lives of those around us can be transformed, and our communities can be changed too. So today, I'm really excited to talk with you about a particular invitation uh, and this is the invitation to get to participate and also just be in wonder of and just in awe of the ways that God can work in the lives of others through our prayer. Um, and, you know, I want to start off with a verse that I think really simply and clearly and powerfully captures the heart of this call, of the heart of this invitation. It's First Timothy um, 2, verse 1 to 4. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, we have a God whose heart and desire is that all people would know his great love for them, would know the truth of his presence. And, you know, he wants us to be able to 
live in communities where we're at peace with one another. What an incredible thing that would be. And and he invites us, he calls us to participate and join in how he wants to reveal himself to the people who he's calling home. He invites us to be a part of how he wants to restore our friends, our families, our communities through the power of our prayer. Now, I think that this is an invitation that, you know, it's not... It's not just another rule or task. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm really quick to snatch onto anything that I'm like, okay, yep, I can add that to my list of things to do to, you know, make sure I'm the, a good child of God like I'm supposed to be. <laughs> um, I'm super good at doing that, but it always ends up with me and my face on the floor. It's not great. Um, so, you know, in talking about this invitation, um, I want to invite you guys to participate in something with me that helps me a lot to consider um, the calling of Christ in the right spirit, not a spirit of fear and trying to be good enough and do all the right things, but that spirit of exciting invitation. Um, So I want you all to close your eyes for a minute, and I want you to imagine Jesus standing before you, but he's got to be smiling. So... I don't know if you guys have seen any of those. They used to make tons of Jesus movies and stuff like that. And one of them got a bit of a reputation for being smiling Jesus because he smiled. Uh, You know, he laughed at stuff, surprisingly. He was joyful and he was at peace. Uh, He was calm. And, And I want you to imagine a Jesus like that in front of you. A Jesus who is smiling He has his hand extended out to you, open, inviting you to take it. And he says excitedly, come and just see, just see what I can do. So open your eyes. And with that perspective in our hearts, uh, I want us to just think about how this invitation is is one that brings us together. The call to pray for others is something that binds us in a beautiful way. Um, And, you know, it's also an opportunity for us to exercise the love of Christ for others, which is, I think, always kind of important. (laughs) Because, you know, it can be hard to love people, let's be honest. (laughs) And we need to exercise that on a regular basis. (laughs) Um, But I think that there are some things that often hold us back when it comes to praying for others. And for some of you, maybe that's like, are you serious? Like, this seems so simple. You just plop your hands together, bow your head, pray a little prayer for somebody else, no big deal. Um, but these are, all, these are all barriers that I have personally experienced. Um, and I'm really hoping I'm not the only one, otherwise this message is gonna be really irrelevant. <laughs> um, so the first barrier that I want to chat with you guys about today Um, is just about how I think we can be really quick to disqualify ourselves and the power of our prayer. And I want to sort of uh, use a Bible verse as an example for this, actually. It's James 5, verse 15 to 16. And it goes like this. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. 
The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm technically a pastor, and I read that, and I'm like, the prayer of faith? I don't know if I have enough faith. And I read the prayer of the righteous, and I'm like, I could list off a thousand things for you right now that I don't think makes me righteous enough to be included in that verse. You know, I think that we can be really quick to read this stuff and, and disqualify ourselves from um, being the ones that it's talking about. Um, but the problem is that when we agree with those lies, when we see ourselves in that way, um, you know, we're completely missing out on the fact that this is not some like weird magical power that you store up in a box with all of like the good things that you do each day and then when it's hit its heightened level like some video game or something you can use that to be like powerful prayer and you know the deed is done that's not what this is about that's not how this works You know, it's not about our righteousness. It's not about how good we manage to be. It's, it's not about any of that. It's about the fact that we have received freely the gift of righteousness, the gift of grace and salvation. And it's Christ in us who is the power for our prayer. It is Christ in us, his Holy Spirit, that is our strength, that is our love, that is our joy, that is our righteousness. So, you know, I think that when we look at stuff like this and we discount ourselves, when we disqualify ourselves, we're, all we're actually doing is discounting what Christ did for us on the cross. And I need to rem- remember that on a daily basis because I unfortunately discount what Christ did for me a lot. Um, but, you know, this verse goes on to make it really clear that that's not how you're supposed to be looking at it. Um, When it goes on to say, uh, so it just said that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And then he says, Elijah, a human being like us, prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. You know, Elijah was a highly revered prophet. So I'm sure it would have been shocking for people to hear him being used not as an example for how the levels of perfection that you must reach in order to have powerful and effective prayer, but being used as an example of the fact that he's human. He's just like us. He is human, and his prayer stopped rain for three years. We could use a little kind of prayer like that next summer. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I'm not a farmer. I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> um, so uh, it, the thing is, is that, you know, the spirit of God that is with those prophets, that was with those prophets, is the same spirit of God that was made available to all of us through Christ's work, and it's the same spirit that lives within us, and the same spirit that we engage with in our prayer. So, just lots of reasons to not discount the power of your prayer. Um, so I want to move on to a second way that, um, that I think we often 
find, a second thing that we often find is a barrier to praying for other people, something that can stop us from that. And it's that I think we sometimes feel too lost in our own stories to pray for someone else's. You know, um, maybe I'm alone in this, but I'm going to be brutally honest. When I feel super lost, when I am at my lowest, when I feel confused and like nothing makes sense and I don't know what to do, the last person I want to talk to it about is Jesus. It's just, that's just the brutal honesty. And I get really good at avoiding him. But thankfully, we worship a God who you can't hide from, and you can't run from, and he will be with you in every single thing, in every single situation, no matter how hard you try to ignore him. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. Um, But, you know, when I'm in those places, I don't even feel like I have what it takes to pray for myself. Never mind pray for somebody else. But I cannot tell you the number of times I'm in that low space and I feel God nudging on my heart to pray for somebody else. And I'm like, oh my Lord, I don't even know how to talk to you right now. (laughs) I don't think I can do this. Uh, But something really crazy happens when when I'm obedient to that nudge and when, when I pray for that person because I find that it's a little easier to trust God for them. It's a little easier to see their situation clearly. It's a little easier to know what they need prayer for. And and I find that my faith gets stirred up and my courage gets stirred up and my strength gets built up as I'm able to pray for somebody else that has, you know, I got less emotional attachment, let's be real, (laughs) to what's going on with them than I do with what's going on with myself. And the thing is, is that I find that once I'm able to pray for that person and the Holy Spirit has been able to work with my spirit and bring me to that place where I can see a little more clearly, I'm able to look at my own situation with more peace, with more groundedness, with more clarity, with more faith in God's heart for me. And, and that's pretty powerful. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have ever had a friend come to you desperate and in need of wisdom and advice because they are totally lost and they have no clue what to do. And they talk for like 20 seconds and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I know exactly what needs to be done in this situation. How are you so blind? Obviously, that's your inside voice. But like, you know, it just seems so clear. Like it's so obvious what needs to happen. It's hard to understand how they could feel so lost in the situation. But then a day later, the same thing could happen to you and you would feel just as hopelessly lost and unsure as your friend who came to you about it. Um, or just any problem, really. Like, your problems always seem more complicated and more confusing than the problems of your friends. It's also kind of like, uh, you know, if you're, again, giving a friend wisdom and advice, and about halfway through, you realize, hold on a minute. 
I'm preaching to myself right now. I have the same problem. I really need to hear this. Because it's easier to tell somebody else what to do than it is to tell yourself what to do. Uh, and, you know, I think a last way that that this is kind of similar to, uh, is just how it can be a lot easier sometimes to look at other people and see their giftedness, see their skills, see all the reasons why God loves them and has grace for them, uh, see why they're called. But then it can be really hard when you're looking at yourself to have that same grace for yourself and see yourself with the same love and the same um, value. The reality is, is that it's just easier to be clear-headed about somebody else that you have less intense emotion and baggage and bias and whatever wrapped up in. Uh, But by taking the time to pray for another person, it can really just bring a level of peace to your situation that you can then reassess, you know, when you're exercise in looking through the eyes of Christ for someone else. It's a lot easier to exercise looking at, through the eyes of Christ for yourself. So, um, you know, I'm just going to invite the, the worship team to come up now. Um, when it comes to praying for others, we know that that, sometime, that this is something that we're all called to. Whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or you've been a Christian your whole life, We are all equally called to pray for others, and we have all been equally qualified by the Spirit of God to pray for others. And we know too that by exercising prayer and faith for somebody else, it can be like that stepping stone that we need to come to a place of peace and faith in God for ourselves. So with all this in mind, I wanna invite you guys to close your eyes again and, and I want you to reimagine our smiling Jesus with his hand stretched out in front of you. And I want you to take it because this is an invitation that stands for you today and tomorrow and every day after. And I want you to, I want you to ask Jesus who it is that he wants you to pray for. And this answer might not come right away, might not come today, but it will come, and you will know. Now, you can open your eyes, and next Sunday is fall kickoff, and man, it is the first service of us going to two services, and guys, I can tell you we are not doing this to look like a cool, trendy church. That would be stupid. We are going to two services because like that verse we read earlier, God wants everyone, he wants all people to know the truth, to know who he is, to know the love of God, their savior, to know that there's grace. And so that's why we're going to two services because there's more people in our communities who God is calling home. And so, you know, I'm in a minute here, I want us all to stand and pray. Um, together for those people that God is calling home, for the people that God is calling to home here at Gateway. Um, But right before that, I want to give you a challenge because I work with children, so you get homework. Uh, And that's that this week, 
I want you every day to pray for that person that God is putting on your heart. Now, I'm not saying pray for two hours. Uh, You know, maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's however you commute. You pray during your commute. But I want you to take the time to pray for this person every day and just see. Just see what God does. Just see. Um, So with that, I invite you to stand up and raise your hands. We're going to pray together. You can pray for the person God's put on your heart. God, we just thank you so much that you are a God who knows every soul that lives and breathes. You are a God who loves all people in this earth. And you know the intimate workings of every person in our community, every person who is here, all of our family and friends. And God, we thank you that you are a God who is always walking with people and calling them home. And we just pray that you would be with everyone right now who is going to come home today, tomorrow, this month, the years to come. We just ask that you would open our hearts and our eyes to see them the way you see them and to invite them home the way that you do, Jesus. Now God's people said...